I love walking. Uh, I love walking with Sarah and our dog, Grace. I've always loved walking. I can remember uh, walking with our sons when they were little near the house that we used to, uh, that w- they grew up in, uh, in some woods near those ho- that house. Uh, I would always pretend that we were going out into the wild, uh, that uh, we were exploring the great beyond, uh, and uh, that there would be at any time sort of some wild animals about to get us, or that there was something around every corner that we needed to be uh, aware of and, and ready for. Now, as I was doing all of this pretending, of course, I was really glad that in these woods I could still see my house through the woods, because I wanted them to be scared. I didn't want to be scared myself during this, this time, um, because I really don't know how I would do if I really found myself uh, in the wild. Uh, not sure how I would really do if I really found myself truly lost. Although the good news for most of us is we're not going to find ourselves in that specific, literal uh, place, lost in the woods someplace, lost in the wilderness. However, the reality is that at times in our lives we are faced with situations where we are unsure of what is around the next bend. When we feel scared, when we feel alone, when life feels wild and out of control, where every place you turn, the landscape seems to change and you're not sure about what direction you need to go. Maybe some of you are feeling that way right now. At times like this, people often ask, you know, why is God doing this to me? Where is God? I need God right now. Where is God? These are similar questions that the Israelites were asking in the midst of their Exodus journey. In in our passage from Deuteronomy this morning that Page read from the 26th chapter, Moses tells them what we all have to remember that God is right there with outstretched arms and with signs and wonders looking to safely bring us through what we need to be brought through. This is the good news. This is the foundation of our faith. In the reality, it is what we need in the reality of the journey that we are on individually and collectively at all times and in all places. Moses reminds them and us in the midst of the difficult times, God hears our voice, that God sees and feels what we're going through in the midst of our howls, in the midst of our cries. This sense of faith, this sense of trust, this hope is what literally enables survival to happen. Uh, even in the real wild. If, I'm sure you have heard stories of people who have survived in the wild for days. And when I've heard those stories, it's almost universal what you hear those people say. They always 
talk about never giving up hope. They always talk about believing that people were looking for them, trusting that they would be saved, that even though they felt alone, they believed that in the moments, that their lowest moments, that there were people calling their name somewhere in the midst of the wilderness. And that this hope literally enabled them to survive. We have to have that same sort of faith, that same sort of hope in our lives during our exodus times, during our wilderness, that God's presence is there with us as well. Now we're tempted, like the Israelites were, to focus only on the finish line, only on the promised land, right? And, and, and there is nothing like the promised land. Milk and honey, who can deny milk and honey, right? All of us have those places in our mind where we say, if only this would happen, life would be perfect. If only I got to this point, if only this happened, if only that happened, if only I could step into the promised land, if only the results I hope will happen, will happen. We'll have made it. I'll have made it. Maybe some of you are thinking about that during the election season. But in all aspects of our lives, we have that sense. We have that innate, instinctual, human sort of belief that if only we can reach the promised land. But the reality is we don't always get there. And if we do, it takes always longer than we think it does. That's why the scriptures say 40 years in the wilderness. The scriptures are telling us wilderness is a long time. In fact, the reality is sometimes in our lives we're always looking for that promised land. We get to the promised land and what do we find? Wilderness again. That finish line keeps moving and moving. Sometimes by our own choices we keep moving that finish line. We're in that wilderness. We thirst. It's like you know, we want to be someplace. It's like when our sons got in the car and before we lit, left the driveway when they were little, they'd say, are we there yet? And I know how Moses must feel, must have felt with those Israelites saying that the moment, you know, we, are we at the, when are we going to get there? We all have the desire to get there. We all wish for that magic trip to the promised land of the perfectly smooth life. We all wish for those ruby snip slippers that we can click and find our way home immediately. Where everything works out where we wish, but you know what we need to realize is that in the wilderness time, there is beauty. In the wilderness of our lives, there is learning, there is growth, there is God, there is hope, there is each other. We shouldn't be scared of the wilderness in which we live our lives. 
Too often we think of what might be, but Hemingway was right when he wrote in The Old Man in the Sea, now is not the time to think of what you do not have. Think of what you can do with what there is. We spend so much of our life worrying about the things we do not have instead of focusing on what we can do with what there is. And what there is in this wilderness journey that is our life is a God who knows us, is a God who is present with us, is a God who loves us. And with that faith, you will find yourself changed even if things around you don't change. You will find yourself changed and you will look at your life journey in a new way, with new eyes, with a new heart. Think of Jesus' experience in the wilderness that we heard in that first chapter of Mark. He gets baptized. Things seem to be going along great. You know, Mark is wonderful because it, you know, happens quickly. But he's there. He's getting baptized. The Holy Spirit has descended upon him. And immediately, boom, he's in the wilderness. Have you ever felt that way? Things are going along well. And then we make one decision or someone makes a choice outside of our control. And immediately... Wilderness. We can know that God knows how we feel because God in Christ did feel that whiplash that we feel in our lives. Did feel also those temptations that so often cause, that confront us in the midst of those wilderness times, in those wilds of life. But even Christ, when tempted, was not alone. God's messages were there. The, 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 the message is clear in this passage of Mark. It says, the angels waited on him. Now, don't think by that, that means the angels were far away waiting. Think about waiters and waitress. The angels were waiting on Jesus present with Jesus. The messengers of God were there so Jesus could feel that he was not alone in the midst of those times. I'm not sure if that's what that means, but I'm believing that's what that means. That's the message we need to take home from that word, waited. Not that the messengers of God are some, in some at the, waiting for us at the promised land. The messengers of God are with us today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And how important it is in this world we live in during the challenging times of life, during the confusing and chaotic and heart-wrenching times of our life to know that God surrounds us. And not only that, but messengers of God surround us. And how important it is for us to be the messengers of God for others. To let those people who are crying out Maybe not in voice, maybe it's in all sorts of other ways, maybe it's a quiet crying, but to help those people know that there are messengers of God willing to wait with them. Not wait for them, wait with them. Be present with them. Care for them. 
Moses reminds those Israelites and how important it is to remember how God was with them from the beginning. How important it is for, remind, for me to remind you that God has been with you from the beginning. There wasn't a moment during some tough time in your life where God said, see you when things get better. God has been with you through those exodus journeys, through those wilderness times. And God will be with you through those times in the future, good and bad. Our life is not going to be perfect, our lives, but we have a God and we have a Savior who, can, who we can cry out to and be heard. You have a God with you during the Exodus journey. This is what communion is all about. We come to celebrate communion not because... We have come to the finish line and we have made it. We are righteous and worthy enough to have communion. Our lives are perfect and pure enough that we can have communion. We come for communion because we need to be nourished and nurtured. Not because we are God, but because we have a God. Because we have a Savior at those times. We need to be saved. He wants to put literally within us a sense of the living presence of Christ. So that we need not fear, no matter what we've done this past week or what we might get into this next week. In communion we say together, God is with us. So continue this journey of faith, this journey of trust. Not only through relent, but throughout your life, feeling this firm footing that Christ gives you so that no matter how wild your wilderness. You can know you are not alone. Uh, that God is with you and that others travel that journey with you as well. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you on this day. And sometimes through all the woods, it's hard to see that home far away. We have wandered we have stumbled. We feel the wild of life, but through it all, allow us to glimpse and know that it is there. Allow us to find others to hold on to that will hold on to us, that we can help and that can help us. Allow us to be the community you call us to be, not with all the answers, but with an everlasting presence and a promise of good news, of great joy. We pray all of these prayers uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. And now let's sing together a hymn that will re reminds us of the gospel truth of that everlasting presence, Be Still My Soul, on page 534 of your red hymnal. Please stand if you are able. Amen.